Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style hello there brad walsh here host of your empowerography podcast today my guest is abigail mensabansu she is the owner and founder of moon goddess publishing and moon goddess academy also a number one best-selling publisher and author and a podcast host. How are you doing today, Abigail? I am doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm really looking forward to jumping in and learning and sharing more about who you are and what you do. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) So Abigail, as mentioned, you're the founder owner of Moon Goddess Publishing, Moon Goddess Academy. You're an elevated consciousness and feminine embodiment mentor, a goddess activator, a multidimensional healer, and a number one best-selling publisher and author, also a podcast host, and last but certainly not least, a mama. That is a hell of a lot of hats you wear, and albeit I know you don't wear them all at once, but how important is prioritization and organization to you, and how do you stay on top of things? Oh, I love this question. So like you said, I'm not doing everything at once, but the way, you know, it's like we find titles to describe our service to the world so that people can be like, oh yes, I can totally have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But when you really look at it, it all flows together. They're all one. I don't see them as separately. The moment I see them as separate, I hit like a block where it's like, oh, I can't move forward. What is going on? <laughs> it's like, this is who I am and this is how I'm expressing myself. But there are some points, you know, like every morning I have my ritual that I do. I ask my guys to move in front of me, set up the day, bring in the clients. And then I ask them, what is the most important thing that I need to do today? And sometimes it'll be like, it's your Sunday. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, take care of your son today play with him like watch movies or it would be like you need to take a nap which is the hardest thing for me yeah those days I'm like oh come on (laughs) right or sometimes (laughs) like hey you should write like I will get an idea of something I should write about or video that you know like a um, Facebook live I should do for either the publishing house or you know like my one-on-one services or something that I'm doing so I need to be guided I like that because otherwise as a human with my human brain, I can easily just be like, okay, I have this, I have that, I have that. How the heck do I do this? Right. It yeah. is very overwhelming. Yeah. yeah I've been sure. there too many times. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So you just embody everything that you are and that's it. That is the key. And that is the practice every day. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. Now, for those who might not know, what is an elevated consciousness and feminine embodiment mentor and goddess activator? And how do you incorporate these facets of who you are into your mentoring and publishing company when working with clients? Oh, so many questions in one. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with the elevated consciousness. Mm -hmm. Again, once I start describing, you notice that they're all the same, just different wording for different expressions of the same energy, my frequency, my service to the world. Elevated consciousness mentor coach is basically someone, I'm going to just say someone who comes in and like opens up the world for you to see all the different possibilities. So it's not just, this is the world. This is all we have that, you know, we only see black and white. It's either this or that, this or that. It's like, let's explode that out. See the bigger picture, see where your connections are, see what threads are shining brighter. See, you know, like, it's like, opening up the world of possibilities for you. And it brings such freedom, you know, going from this is all my life is I am stuck. I don't know where to go. I'm probably never going to get anywhere to, oh, okay. I can just take this one step and I'll move out of where I was and I can take another step and I can move forward. Like each step is taking you forward. So that's 
It's like elevating the mind, elevating the heart, elevating the body, elevating the relationships. Because once you, your energy is tuned into your source light or your source code or your highest self or your highest potential, everything else opens up for you. So, and then goddess activator, the main signature of who I am is an activator. My lineage is connected to the goddesses. Like it's been like that since I was born, even before I knew what the heck that was. <laughs> um, and when people come into my energy, they're getting activated. And this lifetime is like women, you know, yeah. the goddess frequency is about empowerment. It's about purpose. It's about mission. I think I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about the whole goddess thing where we tend to think of them as something like put them on a pedestal, like something outside of ourselves. But yet they're here to remind us of our own magnificence, our radiance, our power, our purpose, our mission. So that's what I activate in humanity. Yes. Love it. Love that. Now, how long have you been a mentor and what inspired you to get into this world of being, being a mentor? Mm, I was doing it way before I knew what that was. My journey was very interesting. It wasn't grad school. I went to Chinese medicine and acupuncture grad school. And I mean, that school (laughs) has a way (laughs) of just like breaking you open. You know, it's not just about physical medicine. It has the energetics portion of it. And me, I've always been, I call myself the spiritual baby. Like the spiritual realm is my mastery. I get right. it. It's the, it's the mastery of the human form that I'm here to master. <laughs> and so it's like combining those two in the grad school. And I noticed that, you know, like I had a steady group, like we stayed through the program together. We're still like really good friends. They're actually more like sisters and brothers. Yeah. And, you know, I walked them through meditations, you know, to meet their higher selves, to do animal guides and they would ask me questions about their lives and they will actually implement the advice and see the change and they'll come back for more. And I just thought it was just like, you know, like friends then you just, you meet and you talk about stuff and you, you know, that it was more and more. And even like before grad school, people were always, they always felt comfortable. Like, you know, like when people say, I don't, you know, people just come to me and tell me my entire, the entire story, yeah. even though they have no idea who I am. That's been my life. Um, so yeah, grad school just kind of solidify it where I was starting to get the hints. Like people are like, Hey, you know, you can charge for this or Hey, you know, you can make this like your career or something like that. So that's where yeah. the hints started coming in and it felt good. So I just kept going. Yeah. Roll with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> Love it. Now, you say that you guide women to their greatness and inspire, and inspire them to truly own their divine essence, presence, power, and worth. Why is this mission so personally important for you, Abigail? Because mm, it's my mission. <laughs> <laughs> it is my mission. I crave to be free. When I say free, it's like having the freedom to express myself however my soul chooses to express itself. You know, if I want to travel, I want to have the funds to be able to travel. I want to stay where I want to stay. I want to eat the food that I want to eat. That feels good to me. Like I want to have the freedom to be the being that I'm here to be, you know, and this world really challenges us on this level, especially women. We haven't had the luxury (laughs) of really unleashing and really stepping into our fullness and saying, this is who I really am. Even if you don't like it, this is who I am. So I know what it's like to not feel comfortable being yourself. I spend years like just shut down, like totally spaced out. Like, I don't want to be here on this planet, like spirit here, body here. Like, no, I don't want to be here and spending years to reintegrate and also continuing to practice the embodiment. It's like, okay, safe for me to be human. It is safe for me to be a woman. It's safe for me to be here on this planet. Right. So yeah, it's, I've seen the difference between being split, you know, like here and then not hiding pieces of myself, not really shining, not really talking, not really expressing versus the opposite of what I'm doing now, you know, continuously practicing the embodiment, speaking my truth, really showing up in the world and knowing that not everyone is for me. Like there's a difference there. There's a, you begin to feel the freedom within, even if you don't see it outside. And that's what matters. When you feel the freedom within, when you feel free within yourself, the world shifts 
to match that. Yeah. When you step yeah. into your so, power, that's, that's freedom 100%. Yes, and absolutely. that is so powerful when we are able to do that as human beings and to have impact on the world through us stepping into our authentic power and using our authentic voices. Yes. I love it. (laughs) How does traditional spirituality differ from a spirituality that honors the divine feminine? Do you think? Hmm, That's a great question. The way I see spirituality is that there's no one thing. There's no one definition because my spirituality totally looks different from your spirituality. But what it comes down to spirituality to me is our connection to the higher aspect of ourselves. You know, whether that is God or goddess or universe or whatever name we put to it, it's the relationship we have with that energy that is bigger and infinite and expansive right? That, that we're tuned into, right? So the divine feminine is part of that energy. The divine feminine is like a, a drop of that energy, like an expression of that energy that I feel like some people are meant to focus more on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, some people are the torchbearers, right? To help activate more of that and to help women remember more of that within themselves. You know, we've had, I was just talking about this too. This is interesting. We've experienced matriarchal, you know, communities or life where women were the top, right? And then a shift into the patriarchal where men now is, and then now where we're at is trying to find a balance between the two the dance between the two yeah and you know at the beginning you hear a lot of it's like oh the the divine feminine is rising but it was more like oh women are gonna go back on top it's like no 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 we've had that already we know Mm -hmm. where that ended Mm -hmm. we've seen where the patriarch you know with out of balance where that has ended or what that has created we're not going back there we're gonna learn how that dance is when both are in balance Yeah. yeah exist with one another yeah for sure yes abigail for you what would you say is the most inspiring or rewarding part of work you do as a mentor and goddess activator is seeing my clients life shift my clients i have clients who've been with me for years the longest clients i've had i think right now it's like eight years and we're still going and so i'm able to see the progression from when they start and where they are and where they're moving into and that that is that says it all (laughs) honestly it does it all you know i am very fortunate to work with clients who are serious about the shifts that they're calling into their life they're not just talking about it they really want to embody it and live it they want to create it not just for themselves for their, their children their family their community and it just they're willing to put in the work yeah Oh, that's very important. Yes. If you're not, don't even come into my space. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because it will get really tough. (laughs) Yeah. So, so speaking of that, what type of person or client is your ideal client? What things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? Yes. So what I look for, I'm going to start with there for What I Mm -hmm. look for is your willingness and your openness to receive what they're asking for. You know, it's, it's easy to say, I want to be a millionaire. It's easy to say, I want to travel the world, you know, constantly. But when it comes to the work, are you willing to take the steps? Are you, you know, that's usually the hardest part. And so the women that I work with, you can see that bridge. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is my vision. And this is how I feel like, like it just, it feels within me. Like I want to do this, but I have no idea how to get there yet but I know it's going to happen. It's like that connection is there. They just can't pinpoint it. They can put a word to that step they need to take. So when we work together, of course, it's like, okay, let's start here. Take the step. Boom. Okay, let's go to the next step. (laughs) What do we need to change? What do we need to shift? What do we need to activate, right? So it becomes a complete holistic (laughs) session or uh, work that Mm. I do with my clients. My ideal client is the woman who's here to create bigger impact in the world. I'm an activator. My activations is not meant for just for me or my family or just a small group I have around me. It's meant for the world. My energy is constantly sending that out there. And so I support people, uh, women especially, which, you know, this is something that 
that came in like two years ago. It's like, hey, focus on women. Stop it. You know, <laughs> women especially, because something happens when a woman steps into her power. Mm. The whole community thrives. There's this energy that just vibrates out. It just can't be for us. It's like our yeah. energy is made to be like that. So yeah, I work with women who are here to create bigger impact, who have a bigger vision to better humanity and the world. You know, so I support these women energetically, mentally, <laughs> heart-wise, soulfully, yeah. all of it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I can feel the excitement and the enthusiasm coming through the screen as you're talking about what you're doing like it's just it's there and i love that i love feeling that energy it's beautiful thank you thank you now as mentioned you're a multi-dimensional healer what is a multi-dimensional healer beautiful question i love talking about that <laughs> so i'm gonna start here like how i discover this so you know mm -hmm. we all have heard who the healer archetype is right you know especially it starts with energy healing like reiki or you know some energy healing where you put your hand on someone and you transmit some kind of frequency or or it can be a doctor or it can be an acupuncturist or a chiropractor you know physical medicine and so what i notice is that um especially like acupuncture school, I'm going to go back there because a lot of things got crystallized in that program in that uh, three years that I was there is when I work with someone, I realized that I wasn't just looking at them physically. I wasn't just experiencing, you know, the physical presence just right there. That's all, like what I see is all it is, right? I started to see the, it's like they come with a team, but it's right. all of them. It's like their past life selves, their future self, their other, you know, other selves that are living in other dimensions. And it's like all of that, even the divine self, even the, you know, the infant self, the teen self, like all of that. It was like a book and it would just like open up for me. And then we can find, okay, especially for working, let's say pain, right? Oh, okay. So the pain, nothing has really worked for it because it wasn't even based here. It was a past life then, right? Or a heartache. It's like, I just can't trust part, you know, my partners and I keep sabotaging. It's like, oh, okay, well, look at this lifetime. This is where it's, you know, popping up here. I'm seeing different lifetimes that this has happened and that is carrying over here so that you can finally close that chapter and heal. And so, yeah, it just kind of expands. Like, I'm not just working with the physical. I'm working with the mental body, the energetic body, the, you know, the soul body, like all aspects of the being standing in front of me. And that gives me that, again, that holistic view in how I can bring about the healing <laughs> that they're, they're asking for. It, it, was, it felt more complete. So that's kind of like how I discovered it. Um, a multidimensional healer is one who's able to tap into the bigger aspect of the person they're working with, not just a physical, like what I'm seeing, yeah. but it's like energetically, how are they feeling? How's your heart? How is the emotional body? How's your mental body? How's your spiritual body? Moving into the spiritual body. What else is there? Past life, future life, like all of that coming through. Yeah. Love it. So when did you really embrace your gifts and start to use them to help people? It was always easy for me to mm -hmm. help people. So much so that it was actually, there was a point where I didn't matter anymore. It was about how the other person felt. When I was young, you know, I remember like my favorite kids, when they got sick, I would ask the divine, divine, can you give me the suffering? Can you give me the illness so that they can feel better? And, you know, even my mom, like, <laughs> was like, I don't know why you would always get sick and be in their room, like sleep in their room with them. And I would like get sick and they would get better and it would kind of like process through me. But I was like sleeping in the same room with them. So it's like going back <laughs> to the question because there's so much coming through right now. You know, there was that. It's like where you put yourself in the back burner and it's just all service. I feel like that that was natural for me. Yeah, Service is natural for me. Putting others first was always natural for me. I mean, now I know it's not healthy. Yes. <laughs> I've learned to balance and continue to learn. But what solidify all of that? I'm trying to pinpoint when. It's been a continuous process. Like it just is like, um, it's not something I think about. Yeah. It just happens. You know, like when I'm out there, if some, I can feel what people are feeling. I can see when someone is going through something, I just send them, 
you know, like a frequency or a blessing yeah. or a prayer, you know, or a light code. You know, it, it just comes so easy for me. Now, if you ask, when did I make it into a career? Now that I can answer. Okay. <laughs> when did you make it into a career? It would go back to acupuncture school. So I started Moon Goddess Academy like a year after I graduated acupuncture school. So this would be, let's see here. I think it was fall, fall of 2015. That's when I started that. And it was a physical, like I had a physical office that people would actually come in and yeah. work with me that way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it, it kind of just all came together and I so, just started like putting it into mm-hmm. use. Yeah. So speaking of Moon Goddess Academy, what was the inspiration behind starting that? And can you tell us a little bit about it? So actually Moon Goddess Academy started out at first as Shakti Rose healing center because it was a physical office and then I kept hearing the call that it needed to be I needed to reach more people with my medicine and so I started to move into the online and that's when it became Moon Goddess Academy so it can reach more people the true inspiration is how can I reach more people with my medicine how can I you know reach more people with what I'm here to share with the world how can more people find me easily without you know having to come to my you know, a physical location, you know, that's what inspired Moon Goddess Academy. And, you know, it's like a digital place where I can bring all of my teachings and doesn't matter where you are. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on social media. You can watch my videos. You can hear my podcast. You know, it's like, you can hear my voice. You can, you can receive the medicine without even leaving your home or your couch. If you're easily accessible, accessible. Yes. Love it. Now, when did you start Moon Goddess Publishing and what inspired you to venture down the road into starting a publishing company? <laughs> Moon Goddess Publishing was started last year in April. Okay. And I remember Adriana, my my amazing mentor, sister, friend, she posted about it and I was like, oh man, what is she doing now? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is she doing now? And she invited, she was calling in women who would like to start your own publishing houses and, you know, increase your income, you know, create greater impact. And I was like, oh yeah, this is not part of my path. You know, I love books and all, but me... No, that's not. (laughs) For about two weeks, I could not stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It would not leave my mind. The name came through. I started talking to my husband about it. You know, the the titles of the books, I started making a list of it. And at some point I was like, what is this all about? I said, this is not even part of my path. So why am I planning for this? (laughs) Like, what is going on? So I talked to Adriana, you know, I was like, I don't know what is happening, but I think I'm meant to do this. So I don't know why, but I'm going to take the leap of faith. I'm just going to go for, you know, just follow that path that has been lit up for me right now and see where it takes me. And yeah, it's been quite a journey and it keeps expanding, keeps getting clearer and clearer the more I move forward. Again, my purpose here is to share with the world, you know, it's the greater impact is to yeah. reach more people. So Absolutely. it only makes sense that that would be another avenue. Another to plat- come yeah, in. another platform to to yes. host for voices to be heard and stories exactly. to be put out into the world. Yes, exactly. What is it that sets your publishing company apart from other publishing companies out there? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. It's just me. Right? It's just but it is you know just looking to my first multi-author book that I published last year and just looking at the authors that were in that book it's not just about coming in and writing a chapter and leaving right it's like oh yeah. I'm, I'm published now that's it what happened or what they shared with me is that they it's like almost all of them like I had no idea it was going to be this healing I had no idea that I was going to be facing some of the stuff that I thought I was done with. I had no idea that I was going to be activated in this way, you know, but it was uh, an initiation. Let's put it that way. It's like you come in and then you open up. It's like, okay, what needs to come through me? The story is also very intuitive. It's China. It's not just, I'm going to throw together whatever. It's like, what story does humanity need at this time? Because I have a lot of experiences, which one wants to come through? Yeah. So they tap in and the, they tune into the right one that wants to come through. And then they work through, you know, I think people don't realize the fears and the doubts and all the emotions that come up as you're, 
deciding to share your story with humanity, especially when your story is, is about pain and trauma. It's not easy. No, it's not, not easy at all. And no. so they go through all of this and I create at that sacred space for them to feel safe, feel heard, feel seen while they go through that process. So when they become published, they're not the same people who entered. That's they've right. healed a lot. They've tapped into an aspect of themselves that they never even thought was there. They become even more authentic in themselves and in their path and in their messaging and in their power. I think I already said power, didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. But it's but, very powerful though. It is. But it is true. Powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was writing something that was always part of who you were or who you are, or is this a, has this been a fairly new path for you? And how did writing transition into starting a publishing company? Oh, that had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was, yeah, that was totally divine, divinely guided for me to go that path. But I've always loved to journal. Journal mm-hmm. is a way that it's like a non-negotiable for me. It helps okay. my brain calm down. It, it massages my brain, you know, <laughs> I'm able to get all that stuff here on paper so that I can just breathe right so journaling has been my thing I love to write I love to doodle like pen and paper love love that whole thing about it old school Um, and then (laughs) you know and I did let's see my first multi-author book that was part of was actually with Adriana it was called Empire Moms I had just given birth to my son it was probably like a couple of weeks, you know, and she's like, you need to be in here. I just have a feeling you need to be in here. And again, it felt really good within my body. So I said, yes. And I shared my journey and I shared what wanted to come through. That was the first time that I actually took my story or my journey or my experiences to a bigger audience. Right. Bravery. And it takes courage yeah. to do it. It truly does. I went through my own process. You know, yeah. it's like, um, I'm a first time mom. I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know what to say. You yeah. know, like all of it came through. It's like, who am I to say what? You know, like, I don't even know what it means to be a mom <laughs> and running a business. I just started. Yeah. And, you know, Adriana just, she has a way of just walking us through the process so authentically and beautifully, you know, where again, it's like the quiet end. It's just quiet and listen, what yeah. wants to come through you? And I just started, you know, writing down. And afterwards I was like, oh, I guess I had something to say. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Abigail, do you prefer to wear your author hat or wear your publisher hat? What are a couple of things and what are a couple of things you enjoy about each of those hats that you wear? <laughs> hmm. I don't see them as separate. Okay. I don't know. I can't picture them separately. Because even being a publisher, I have to tell my story. It's almost like, you know, how the teacher is a student and the student is also a teacher. That's cycle there. That's what Mm -hmm. it feels like to me. I don't feel like I have to like move the hat. Yeah. You know, and also witnessing. Yeah. It's like witnessing others write their story. It feels it's very close to me because I'm walking them through that process. I'm seeing their stories come to life. So it's like Mm -hmm. the author is also right there. I have to be the author to be able to, you know, guide others through that journey too. Yeah. That's a good question. That's an interesting answer. I like that answer. That's very interesting. Abigail, can you tell us a bit about your podcast, the title, subject matter? Is it interview style? Is it solo mix of both? Tell us a little bit about it. So my podcast, the name of my podcast is Sovereign Divinity. And I talked about what inspired is I wanted to reach more people with my message, with what was coming through. And it is both. It's a mix. It's me. Sometimes I bring people on who move me, who inspire me. Right. And sometimes I'll, this is where I will share like my summits. When I do a summit, I'll put some of the interviews on there so that more people can hear it. But what I love about podcasts is that, you know, I don't have to sit on a, and look at a screen. You know, I can walk and just listen, you know, especially being a busy mom, or even if you're just busy in general, you know, you can do other things while you're listening to a podcast episode. And I really enjoyed that about that process. So yeah. that motivates me. Yeah. Now I want to speak a little bit about women in the landscape of entrepreneurship and things like that. So, I mean, I come from a corporate background and I've seen even still now the whole 
mindset and behavior of that old boys club mentality that still goes on in that world when it comes to equal pay for women doing the same job as their male counterparts or women in C-suite level positions in these big corporations and seats at the boardroom table and whatnot. And I mean, it's ridiculous that we're still dealing with this mentality and this way of thinking in the year 2022. There's no space or place for it anymore. We're starting to see a shift, I think. I mean, I have personally seen a shift since I've stepped out of that world and into the world of entrepreneurship. What are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship where women run businesses and and that landscape of, of women more involved in stepping into the entrepreneurial world? That's a very good question and interesting question for me because I'm originally from Ghana. And so I grew up, you know, my uncle was an entrepreneur. Of course, he wouldn't say, you know, the word is not, it's just something that they do. You know, people come up with their own, like, this is what I'm good at. Yeah. And I'm going to do it and sell it, you know, like it's normal. Of yeah. course, it's, you know, working for someone, but working for yourself is a normal thing to do. Right. And so I right. saw women, you know, like being in the market, selling your goods, you know, it's a normal thing. But it wasn't until I came to the U.S. where it's the opposite, where working for someone is more prominent than working yeah. for yourself. You know, so women being in that environment. But, okay, let me backtrack here. Sure. I can't help but say this. I feel like entrepreneurship really gives women the freedom to express themselves how they want to. You know, especially for me, I chose this path because I wanted to make my own schedule. I didn't want to follow anybody. It felt very constricting. I was very good at what I did when I worked for others. And they loved me. I was very fortunate to work for companies that were just amazing. My coworkers were amazing. But I could not be me all the way. It would sneak in, you know, but it just, I could not. It was very, this is how you should do it. This is what it should be. Like, follow the rules. It was very rule following. I'm not really good. (laughs) I have a rebel (laughs) nature to me. And of course, you know, it's that freedom. I want to be able to express myself however way that it wants to come out. Not because you told me to, or you think that's the best way. And so entrepreneurship really is like an opportunity for us to really show up in the way that we've always known we're here to show up as, you know, and it can start with, Hey, I just want to make my own schedule. I don't want to follow anybody's, you know, I don't want anyone telling me what to do, Mm -hmm. or I want to be able to be home with my children, or I want to be able to make money doing something that I freaking love. Yeah. You know, like, Oh my God, it's so empowering. We have the opportunity to do this. Yeah. Again, it's like freedom is huge within that, right? You get to make the choices throughout the entire thing. You're in charge. You know, I was telling my husband, I was like, entrepreneurship is like, whether you, you succeed or fail, it's on you. You can't blame anybody. That's great. <laughs> you, know? you, you are the only one you have to be accountable to. If you it don't put in discipline. the work, you're not going to make any money. Your business is not going to thrive, right? Yeah. It's a huge, huge responsibility. And I think that this game, for lack of a better term of entrepreneurship, is not for everyone. No. It's no. not meant for everyone. It's not. Yeah. I think in my family, I'm the only one. And up to now, my parents like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> go back and be a nurse or go back into med school, go be a doctor. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, a lot of that generation think entrepreneurship is just you playing around, yeah, pretending to sure. be doing something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're not working for someone. What are you doing? Yeah. You, know? yeah. you don't have the security of a full-time mm-hmm. job with these benefits and this and that. And, uh, but that's the way of thinking. That's the mentality of the old days, right? Yes. What do you think is the most significant barrier to female leadership that, that women have had to face? I have to tune into this one. Mm-hmm. There's like so many aspects to this. You know, I'm thinking about women of color in the, in leadership, you know, what they have available to them, your background connections. It's like your environment plays such a huge key to this. You know, it's your mentor who is supporting you, who is helping you, you know, step up, right? Who is your cheerleader, the mentorship part? Like, do you have another woman in your life that who is thriving and doing what you are dreaming of that you can be like, okay, okay, I see the steps. I can, you know, like I know where I'm going. The big part of this that is coming up is, is this even a word? Inauthenticity. Women have to be something else or thinking that they have to be something else in order to thrive. We see a lot of that, right? In leadership, it's like, oh, I, 
you know, the, the way they present themselves just so that people can be drawn to that. But when you really come to the core of who she is, that's not her. Yeah. There's so much with this question. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make my guests think. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's taking me deep. Good. I love that. Inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. There's so much pressure. There's just so much pressure. Like, what kind of leader are you? How should you show up? How should you look? What should did you say in what way like all of that it runs through our mind whether we follow through it or not we see it it runs through our mind and we get to choose right looking at the women that are my mentors for example like adriana like she's herself yes (laughs) she shows up for herself and she's still thriving Mm -hmm. you know and that's what i was talking about having people who are doing it who are thriving you know and you can see them like oh my gosh okay i'm good I'm good. I, I can continue being myself and speaking up and just showing up this way because I know I can thrive too because she's thriving. Right. Yeah. So having that role model, there we go. They, that there can reflect go. to you that it's okay and it's safe for you to be who you are in this space. Like mm-hmm. it's so important and being for authentic sure. in who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What advice do you have for women looking to grow either their own business or within a company? I was going to say be yourself like that. <laughs> That just is like screaming at me today. It's like, just be you. I guess the reason why that is coming through, the reason why that is coming through is that when you tune into who you really are, you step into like the world of possibilities, right? In order to grow and thrive, you can't be thinking the same way all the time. You can't be doing the same thing for God knows how long. Eventually that gets old and you need to evolve and change. Right. So when you are adaptable, willing to shift, willing to change, willing to see the possibilities, like what else is there? You know, I know in my business, when I hit a block, it's time for me to reevaluate things like who do I need to become? This is my vision. Who do I need to become in order to bring that into fruition? What do I need to do? What steps do I need to take? You know, for example, you know, as I go in from, it's all on me, all the work, I have to do it by myself, right? To, oh, I don't even enjoy doing this part. I don't like designing things on Canva. I'm going to give it to someone else to do it for me. And all of a sudden I have more time to do what I love. Even like uh, something like that, like it opens you up. So you, more of what was to come through can come through you. You know, mm-hmm. delegating is so huge in our expansion and our thriving. But that adaptability part is like, we're not here to be stagnant. So be willing, like know that the change will come. It's just part of our process. And yeah. when it comes, be adaptable, like surrender to it. What else wants to come through? And then just take the steps and have the people around you who would cheer you up. Make sure your, your environment is supportive to that, especially when you're going through the changes. It can be challenging because not everyone can completely see your vision. Yeah. And if they're not on board, they can just shut you down right there with just one word, right? Yeah. So having the people and you know the words, the books, the podcast episodes, right? To support you so you can continue moving and expanding and exploring. That's key. Yeah. Yeah, that support system is so important. It's integral to have those cheerleaders around you for sure, because nobody can do it alone. Nobody. I don't care who you are. You don't do it alone. It's, it takes community. It really does. For it sure. Really does. Now, being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself and other women? So started with, what do I do to empower myself? I surround myself with women who are doing what I'm dreaming. I surround myself with the visions of my visions. I surround myself with books and stories of people who've done it and how they did it. People who have experienced victories in their lives. You know, I surround myself with the very thing that I'm calling in, right? But the most influential is just like, there's nothing like having real people with you that you can talk to, you can see who are living the life that you are striving for. It's so motivating, so inspirational, and so moving and encouraging to me. And how I empower women, (laughs) again, it's like, just be myself, (laughs) just show up, right? And allow the message to come through. But my life is an example. My, how I live my life, how I show up, 
is what motivates someone, is what empowers someone. Mm -hmm. If I'm showing up as, oh, I don't think my life is going anywhere. Like, what's the point of this? I don't even know why I'm here. They're going to sense that. I'm going to come through as that. That's not going to do anything good. So I have to be authentic in that. I have to find my power spot. I have to, you know, show up and be like, I am talking about this because I'm passionate about it. I love talking about it. I love books. I love stories. I love, you know, I love art. I love beauty. They will feel that. Be like, huh, I want to love that too. What do I love? I want to dive into that, right? So it's by me, you know, tapping into my journey. What empowers me? What inspires me? How can I be better as a human being, as a woman? And showing up from that place and just sharing from that place, that is more than enough. Gives people permission. Exactly. Speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love using visuals because that's like the first thing that comes yeah. through. Empowerment is like, mm, the first thing is like a, a thunderbolt that comes into like, wake you up. Like, whoa, I had no idea what is happening right now empowerment is courage you use the word that was also in there it's like letting people know that oh permission there we go permission it's like hey you can do it too this was this is not just like created for just me you can do it too i've done it i'm walking the path watch you can do it too i'm not special right yeah. and if i am you're special too right i think everybody's <laughs> special in their own unique this. way everybody's yes, special unique. absolutely yeah. exactly exactly love it empowerment moves you mm-hmm. it's the the power that moves the river it's yeah. the the energy behind the force in nature right it's the mm, it's what inspires you to, to take that step beautiful what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful <laughs> uh, my ability to see the bigger picture my willingness to change and shift even if it is hard I always say that I'm not afraid to jump in the fire. You know, it's like, this is where you need to go. But first you need to walk through the fire. It's like, I need to walk. It's going to hurt my feet. But I know on the other side is where I want to be. I will walk through that fire. Yeah. And it will hurt and I'll move through that pain and I'll do it anyways. Right. So it's that determination, passion, definitely perseverance. Yeah. Because I know, I know what's on the other side and I'm not going to let anything stop me. I did not come to this life to just stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. How do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you, Abigail? Mm, Success to me means that I get to live abroad like three months in a year with my son so that he can, he can get to experience different cultures, culinary, like foods and, and people success to me means that my family are happy. You know, I can, and I'm talking about like, not just my immediate family, but, you know, going out, like I can help my sisters. I can help my parents. I can help my grandparents, you know, like my family back home. It's like when I thrive, I want everyone around me to also thrive. That is success to me. Like every part of my life is flowing. You know, I have amazing friendship. My relationship is blossoming. You know, my, let's see, I'm like trying to look at the different (laughs) aspects, like all areas of your life is thriving too. Like all areas of your life feels good. You know, it flows together. This makes sense. You are in flow. Yes, in flow. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after you learned it? It is safe for me to be human, to be here, to be in my body. Without that, I would not be able to be of service to anybody. I like to, you know, it's like, I might think that I was being of service. Yeah. That really embodiment, like accepting our humanity, just as much as we accept our divinity is so important. You know, before, of course, I was talking about how I was so disconnected from my body. I did not want to be here. You know, every night I would pray that, you know, the divine would take me back. Can I come back home? You know, I had so (laughs) many dreams, like from very young, you know, age where, you know the heavens will open up and I'm like running excitedly to the door and Jesus is like right there like no you need to go back it's not time stop it you know like I was rejecting being here because we know being human is not easy you know and my life wasn't easy from the beginning 
And it wasn't until I was like 26. I remember that's when I made that decision. I was like, God, yeah. So if you're not going to take me back, okay, I'll be here. But this is going to be the best life I have ever lived. And you're going to be helping me create that. That's when I made that decision. Of course, after that, I started taking steps like one of the first steps that I took was starting to buy myself a rose and I'll put it in my bedroom. And this was like, I was still, you know, I still lived in the, like the college. It's like the college haze. <laughs> you just yeah. get out of college, you're figuring out your life. But mm-hmm. I bought myself a rose and I would smell it. I would touch it. You know, it's, it's about being comfortable with the physical, right? Mm-hmm. And then I did like group therapy in college and just getting comfortable with talking about, you know, my experiences and also witnessing other people with their experiences too. And that's how it started. After that, my teachers showed up, the places I needed to be showed up, you know, like the classes I needed to take showed up, everything else showed up to support me in that decision. But that was the most important decision because, of course, I would not be here doing what right. I'm doing. Yeah. I would still be disconnected. Yeah. Love that. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Abigail, how would you describe yourself in one word? Activator. What was your dream job as a child? Oh, doctor. (laughs) If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Mm, The Many Faces of the Goddess. I've been dreaming about this for God knows how long. Love it. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Hmm, I might be sweet, but I'm also very spicy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Don't mess with the sweetness. (laughs) That's a kick. (laughs) (laughs) would you rather have more time or more money both you have to pick one one. yeah money can create more time more time can create more money yeah if you could teach the world one thing what would that be be you because there's no one else like you what is one thing you want but cannot buy with money freedom if you could change one thing about the world what would you change? Everyone to have the freedom to be themselves without having to explain why. Just be. Yeah. Beautifully yeah. said. Abigail, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, man. <laughs> hmm. Are we talking about like a physical woman or non-physical woman? <laughs> Whatever you want. Whatever it's it's a, your call. Mary Magdalene. Okay. She's a mystery. I'm very connected to her. And I would love to, I wish I was a fly on the wall following her around. What was truly her life? Like I want to know the truth there. And you know, hearing the story that she was Jesus's partner, what was that like? Mm-hmm. She would have had to be as powerful and badass as Jesus to be his partner, you know. Yeah. And that's probably why she got erased, right? She was too powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know about her. I want to learn about how she had the courage to, like, I have chills talking about <laughs> how she had the courage to show up as who she is and, and share her message and be, you know, that potent partner to another powerful being, like, and everything that transpired and how she decided, you know, how she was a human and still bring through so much light how was she able to embody so much light in that physical body of hers yeah what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it that's easy (laughs) she comes in she always has like this white suit on and her hair is always flowing in the air which is very interesting because i cut my hair But she comes in and she just, she has a smile on her face. She's confident. She is rooted. She's embodies like her wisdom and, and power and love is just like pouring out of her. She knows, like, she just knows. She's like, stop worrying. It's done. Like, we're good. We're, you got this. Like, you got this. It's done. Ass. Like, that's, yeah. Like, she, there you go. she's so in it. Like, she's, yeah. oh, yeah. Just embodies it. Yeah. Yeah. Abigail, what is your why? It started out as I want to see more people feel empowered. I want to see more people feel safe to be themselves. And then when my son was born, 
it went into, I also want my son to grow up in a world where he is not limited. I want him to grow up knowing that there's so much possibilities in the world and he can choose whatever he chooses. If he doesn't want to go to college and he wants to travel around the world, he can do it. Whatever he wants to do is his choice. I want him to feel infinite and limitless. limitless. There you go. Yes. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Plain and simple. That would be the first thing I say. Amazing. She was on it. Like she was on it before I shut down. Like she knew. And even now when I tune in, like she came in knowing why she was here for mission. She was doing it like she felt it, you know. And then, of course, life experiences came through where she just kind of like, ah, being human is hard. Like we're figuring this out. But keep being your magnificent, magical goddess self. Because it will shine through. Lastly, Abigail, if you were to deliver your last 30 seconds speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, your girls, your women, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words would you say? What, what words of wisdom would you impart? You are here on this planet to be all that you know you're here to be. There's no one else in this world like you. You are the most beautiful gem and it's only you. And until you allow us to see your gem, your beautiful light, we'll never know who you are. You can spend your life hiding that gem, hiding that light, but you will never know your potential if you stay there. Have the courage to release the light and see what the light brings to you. Beautifully said. So powerful. I love it. Abigail, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share with me and the Empowerography community your story, your journey. I have thoroughly enjoyed every minute of this conversation. You are truly a beautiful and inspirational human being. Keep shining your light onto the world and doing the the beautiful work that you're doing and sharing your bright, beautiful light with the world. I appreciate you so much. And I'm just honored to have you and excited to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Brad, thank you so much. I'm so fired up. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready to take it. You inspired me. The questions were amazing. I am so blessed. I just feel so blessed. I feel seen. I feel heard. Thank you for holding this space for me to share my story. Thank you. It is my pleasure and my honor. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Abigail Mensa Bonsu. She is the founder and owner of Moon Goddess Publishing and the Moon Goddess Academy. She's also an elevated consciousness and feminine embodiment mentor, goddess activator, multidimensional healer, a number one best-selling published author, and a podcast host. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.